Ezekiel had a vision. And he looked up and he saw a wheel in the middle of the air. It had eyes all around it. Eyes mean windows. And eyes mean people looking out. It run by the grace of God. It was a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Ezekiel saw this 595 years before Jesus was born in a vision. When Elijah Muhammad met Master Farad Muhammad in 1931, he showed him the wheel actually in the sky. It's there now. It's a half a mile by a half a mile. It's like a city. Farrakhan's giving a speech, and uh, it's apparently Savior's Day event at the United Center in Chicago. Uh, and so who's the Savior? Well, of course, Farrakhan. Don't be ridiculous. Uh, first, he says that uh, he's concerned that the white right is conspiring to make Obama a one-term president. Okay, people are focused on that, but that sounds like something Farrakhan would say all the time. And are people conspiring? And on the, are they on the right and generally white? Yeah, so I don't find that to be that big a deal. What he said afterwards, I found to be much more curious. Uh, the word prophet is too cheap a word, he said. I am a light in the midst of darkness. So prophet's a little too small for him. He's bigger than that. He's the light that ends all light. <laughs> I mean, God said, let there be light. I guess he meant, let there be Farrakhan. <laughs> it's too cheap a word, prophet. And he says, by the way, it ain't my ego. It's my love for you. That's why I'm the light onto the world, because it's, you know, nothing to do with my ego. It's just that's, I'm trying to help you guys out. Okay, uh, and that was uh, funny and weird enough, but then he went on to recount a vision he had back in 1985 in Mexico, where he uh, boarded a UFO, uh, what he calls uh, the wheel. And he said it was an un unidentified flying object, uh, and he got on board, and uh, he hung out for a while, had a beer. No, he doesn't drink. Nation of Islam. No, he says he saw a vision and he heard uh, the Nation of Islam leader, Elijah Muhammad, speaking. See, I would come away with a conclusion of, oh, this dude's an alien. I gotta watch out. Hey, he came up with a conclusion of rock and roll. I gotta listen to that guy more. So, I don't know what he's trying to say there, but apparently he went on a UFO and became the light, etc. Okay? And, look, you know, he, in his speech, talks about Many things that actually make sense to it. I went to a speech of this personally in Philadelphia a long, long time ago because there's so much controversy. I wanted to see it for myself, right? And in that speech and in this speech, personal responsibility and, you know, Obama's in this one, uh, Obama's going to help the poor and the suffering and that he's got to realize that's what he was elected for. And that sounds pretty good. Uh, and then they say, well, he's not really anti-Semitic. So when I went to the speech, he was like, uh, personal responsibility and those goddamn Jews. I was like, whoa! What happened here? Right? So, no, no, I heard it with my own ears. They, that guy is cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, whether it's a UFO or anti-Semitism, which is totally true. Um, and then at the end of this speech, he says, they all want to know, did I ever meet with Obama, and what did I ever say to him? Well, I ain't going there. Well, you're not going there because you never met with him. <laughs> you didn't say a word to him. He says, it like, ah, you know, we've secretly had a lot of conversations on the wheel. 
but I, I don't want to talk about it. No comment. I'm going to keep it under my hat. My hat, you are. If you had a conversation with Obama, you'd be like, oh, then the white met Obama, and then I said this, and that's why he did it. Uh, you know what a lot of people forget? Farrakhan said on numerous occasions. Yeah, you know, I've had a couple of conversations with people that wound up, uh, that might have wound up uh, shooting Malcolm X. <sighs> I mean, he's on the record on it. I don't understand why anybody's on this guy's side. All right, look, Nation of Islam, I'm not saying anything, man. So I'm, wa I'm walking away from it. <laughs> yeah, in the words of the light, I ain't going there. A new government report is raising eyebrows across the country, especially among anyone interested in extraterrestrials. Our Alexandra Lamont has a story. <laughs> Physicist and Harvard professor Avi Loeb says there's a possibility humans aren't the only civilization in the universe. Whether we live in such a reality or not is not a philosophical question. We just have to look out. Loeb teamed up with the Pentagon office that investigates unidentified aerial phenomenon, and they released this draft report that indicates it is possible that alien ships have already visited our solar system. Specifically, Loeb thinks the first interstellar object spotted passing through our solar system in 2017 that was given the name Oumuamua could be an extraterrestrial mothership. Loeb says Oumuamua didn't have the characteristics you'd find in meteors or other known objects. We consider a possibility where an object as big as Oumuamua, which was a um, football field size, uh, is a mothership. He says the mothership could have released smaller ships or probes to study our solar system after spending a long time to get here. With chemical rockets, it takes less than a billion years to traverse the entire Milky Way galaxy. Loeb says if Oumuamua was a ship, there likely wasn't life on it. Instead, he believes it could have been operated by artificial intelligence. An artificial intelligence system that uh, stays dormant for that period and just gets activated when it comes close to its target. How many stars are there in our galaxy? Around 100 billion. Let's just zoom out further. Do you know how many galaxies are there in the universe? A staggering 200 billion. Now, each of these galaxies, potentially, containing hundreds of billions of stars. And as you know, most stars host planets. Now, how many planets float around in the universe? The exact figure is not known, but what we do know is that there are more than grains of sand present on the planet. And not by a little, but by a lot. These planets that exist outside our solar system are known as exoplanets. Do you know how many of them we have spotted? Only 5,332, orbiting in some 3,931 planetary systems. And this is not even the tip of the iceberg. What are these exoplanets? What are they made of? And why have we been hunting for them? Let me answer these questions. Roughly speaking, there are four types of exoplanets. The first type being gas giants. They don't have hard surfaces. Instead, they have swirling gases above a solid core, just like Jupiter and Saturn. And then there are Neptunians. They are similar in size to Neptune or Uranus. 
then coal consisting of rocks and heavier metals. And then we have super Earths, the exoplanets bigger than our planet. And lastly, the terrestrials, which are exoplanets with rocky surfaces. Over the past decade or so, we have started understanding more about these planets. Surprisingly, many of them are in habitable zones. What does that mean? To understand that, first answer this. Why does life exist on Earth? The most important factor is its distance from the sun. It's neither too close nor too far. Our planet is neither too hot like Mercury or Venus, nor too cold like Neptune or Uranus. The conditions are just fine for water to exist in liquid form. And this is the first necessary criterion for life to form. Similarly, a lot of exoplanets lie in such zones, meaning that they show the potential of sustaining life. Why am I giving you this science lesson? To try and tackle the age-old question, is there life outside our planet? Could aliens be watching us? Well, some scientists say that's very likely. And now a Pentagon official and a Harvard scientist have made a stunning proposition. In a draft paper, the duo says our galactic neighborhood may have an extraterrestrial spaceship and that it could be watching us with tiny probes, just the way humans send out spacecraft to explore planets. They are calling these probes dandelion seeds. And where does this theory even come from? How credible is it? It relates to an interstellar object that passed through our solar system in the year 2017. It is called Omoa. It had an unusual elongated shape. It was earlier thought to be a comet, but unlike a comet, it did not have a tail of gas and dust, and it was moving away from the sun. The comet theory was dismissed. Then what exactly is Omoma? The Harvard scientist Avi Loeb saying it was an alien spaceship. You heard that right. Six months before it approached our planet, a one meter wide meteor smashed into Earth. This meteor was not related to Omoma, but it got scientists thinking. They have proposed that an artificial interstellar object could be a parent craft, which could be releasing many small probes to planet Earth. In fact, the authors say aliens could be using them to explore our planet. The draft paper is yet to be peer-reviewed. But again, how credible is this theory? We are yet to find out. And the Pentagon has recently shown renewed interest in studying unidentified objects. More than 360 new investigations have been opened into unidentified anomalous phenomena. All of these encounters were reported by U.S. military personnel. There isn't adequate information to resolve half of these sightings. And the mystery continues. Pentagon warned that UFOs were an immediate threat to the safety of U.S. citizens, end quote. Josh Boswell is with the Daily Mail. This is his report, and Josh joins me now. Did the Pentagon admit 
that UFOs are a threat and therefore real? Yeah, and we have to be careful about uh, what we mean when we say UFOs. Of course, you know, immediately people tend to think blind sources, that kind of thing. Um, what they mean when, when they're talking about uh, UAP, unidentified anomalous phenomena, uh, the kind of government speak for it, or, or UFOs as we know them, is just anything that's in the skies, in the water, in space, that's unidentified. And the Pentagon has already admitted that those things are there, that they're investigating them. They've even set up an office in the Pentagon to investigate uh, all these incidents. It's called Arrow, the All Domain Anomaly Resolution Office. And um, this particular uh, presentation slide deck, which I uh, got a copy of, is by the director of that office. And, and he's warning in this presentation, look, we've got all these things flying around. We need to investigate what they are. We need the help of commercial pilots to report them and figure out what's going on. Well, that implies that there's something wrong with our interception radar that guards our frontiers to see what's coming up. If we, can't, if we don't know what they are, there's something wrong with our system, right? Yeah, that's right. And, you know, the, the kinds of incidents that we're talking about run the whole gamut of um, little, you know, weather balloons uh, set up by hobbyists like you, you were just talking about in that report there, all the way through to um, incredible, uh, you know, tic-tac-shaped objects that are moving at thousands of miles per hour, reported by Navy pilots, uh, moving in ways that we don't understand, that we certainly don't have the technology for ourselves, and are extremely concerning. Um, Arrow, this uh, government office, is investigating all of them. And um, you know, it, it, what you've seen in the past few days, few weeks uh, from these incidents is that uh, NORAD has, has admitted they weren't tracking things like this on radar and they've had to readjust uh, the, the filters that they use to try and pick out things like balloons, uh, spy balloons potentially, and other objects that are in the air that previously just got swept under the rug, just got ignored. This is something that Arrow should be looking at and something that senators, Congress people have been calling the government out on for years now to look further into and uh, not just ignore as kind of crazy UFO kookery. No, this is not it. I, yeah, it, it, since 1947, the Pentagon's been lying to us about UFOs um, and about what's going on with it. I think this is another attempt by them. I think they're seeing dollars. Of the, there's your, the Tic Tac videos that they refused to show at a uh, intelligence briefing. Um, and we had the pilot in the audience, and he was not even allowed to testify in a public briefing or hearing. Um, I think this is just an attempt for them to get more tax dollars. I don't trust the Pentagon one bit. I'll trust them as far as I can throw the dome off the Capitol, brother. I think that they, um, they're, smell <laughs> they're smelling dollars, and they've covered this thing up from day one. They've had, I believe they've had craft. They've had some material for, um, from, from another galaxy, and I believe they're lying to us once again. Okay, why would they be lying to us? Wouldn't it be a lot better to say, hey, look, this stuff's out there and we, we need more money in order to build things to defend against it? Yeah, I think because their focus now is fighting foreign wars that we don't need to be in, Leland. They want to spend that money. Um, industrial, I call it the industrial war complex. I know Eisenhower called it the industrial, the, the industrial com, armor complex. But but I, I feel like they've um, it's a control thing. Why won't they release the Kennedy files that they have on the assassination of President John F. Kennedy? It's a control thing with them, and they control. If they control the technology, they control the money. And, um, I, you know, the Pentagon loses over a billion dollars a year, and they don't, they're not held accountable by Congress. I mean, give me a break. This thing is it's way out of control. Um, I've spoke with uh, Speaker McCarthy. He's going to allow us to have hearings. 
I spoke with uh, Chairman Comer today about it, in fact. You know, I hate to bring this up, but I, I keep hearing from Republicans about how there's going to be hearings on this. There's going to be hearings on that. The Bi Biden, the border, right. uh, business dealings, on and on and on and on. COVID. On. You guys have been in office now for more than a month, two months, actually. Yeah. Uh, and there's been <laughs> zero bombshells. Well, I think there has been. I think we proved that Twitter was... Um, uh, being censored, it was being in, told to do that. The Pentagon, I mean, well, Pentagon, excuse, the FBI, the, 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 well, it, it, regardless, the FBI was paying them. Um, that was before Elon. He's the one who allowed us to get to them. Um, they've, you know, tomorrow, today was, um, Comer brought out how, um, Elon, um, I'm sorry, how the president's son was involved with the, with the communist Chinese payments of over $1.3 million. I mean, those things are valid. I think we, it's just going to take some time to right. do it. And that's, that's what we do in oversight. But I think this, this complete is a complete fabrication by the Pentagon. They're just trying to, they're, right. they're feeding the public. We want our pizzas in 30 minutes or less. And that's about our yeah. dadgum attention span. <laughs> You've been on this for a while. It's good to see you as always, sir. Thank you. President Barack Obama talks UFOs with talk show host James Corden. There's footage and records of objects in the skies that we don't know exactly what they are. We can't explain uh, how they move, their trajectory. And so, you know, I, th I think that we're, uh, people still take seriously trying to investigate and figure out what that is. Mr. Obama says UFOs were actually one of the first things he asked about after taking office, but he did not say whether he thought UFOs were alien in origin. Congress will be briefed next month on recent sightings of unidentified aerial phenomena in U.S. airspace. If I was president, that's the first thing I'd say. Can I go to Area 51? <laughs> <laughs> Wherever you supposedly story. have them. Yes, I want to see the classified documents. So in calling this press conference, I'm calling you because of the serious nature of the announcement that I'm about to make, an announcement on which hangs the future of this nation, its leaders, and the people of America. This is not the usual press conference, though I realize that you may only be able to use a very small portion of what I say if you choose to use it at all. However, I would hope that you record everything that I say, that it may bear a record either for or against you and me. It is written in the book of Ezekiel, when I say unto the wicked, you shall surely die, and you give him not warning, nor speak to warn the wicked from his wicked way, to save his life, the same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at your hand. But if you warn the wicked, and he turn not from his wickedness, nor from his wicked way, he shall die in his iniquity, but you have delivered your soul. It is in this spirit that I make this announcement. In a tiny town in Mexico 
called Tepotzlan, there's a mountain on top of which is the ruins of a temple dedicated to Quetzalcoatl, the Christ figure of Central and South America. A mountain which I've climbed several times. However, on the night of September the 17th, 1985, I was carried up on that mountain in a vision with a few friends of mine. As we reached the top of the mountain, a wheel or what you call an unidentified flying object appeared at the side of the mountain and I was called from the wheel to come up into the wheel. Three metal legs appeared from the wheel, giving me the impression that it was going to land, but it never came over the mountain. Being somewhat afraid, I called to the members of my party to come with me, but a voice from the wheel spoke saying, not them, just you. I was told to relax and a beam of light came from the wheel and I was carried up on this beam of light into the wheel. I sat next to the pilot. However, I could not see him. I could only feel his presence. As the wheel lifted off from the side of the mountain, moving at a terrific speed, I knew I was being transported to the mother wheel or the mother plane, which is a human-built planet a half a mile by a half a mile, which the Honorable Elijah Muhammad taught us of for over 60 years. The pilot, knowing that I was fearful of seeing this great mechanical object in the sky, maneuvered his craft in such a way that I would not see the mother plane and then backed quickly into it and docked in a tunnel. I was escorted by the pilot to a door and admitted into a room. I shall not bother you with a description of the room, but suffice it to say that at the center of the ceiling was a speaker, and through this speaker... I heard the voice of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad speaking to me as clearly as you hear my voice this morning. He spoke in short, cryptic sentences. And as he spoke, a scroll full of cursive writing rolled down in front of my eyes, but it was a projection of what was being written in my mind. As I attempted to read the cursive writing, which was in English, the scroll disappeared and the Honorable Elijah Muhammad began to speak to me again. He said, and I quote, President Reagan has met with the Joint Chiefs of Staff to plan a war. I want you to hold a press conference in Washington, D.C., and announce their plan and say to the world that you got the information from me on the wheel, end quote. He said to me that he would not permit me to see him at that time, but he said that I had one more thing to do, and when that one more thing was done, I could come again to the wheel, and I would be permitted to see him face to face. He then dismissed me, and I entered the small wheel, and the pilot, whom I still could not see, 
moved the craft out of the tunnel and took it up to a terrific height and maneuvered his craft that I might look down upon the mother wheel. And I saw a city in the sky. With great speed, it brought me back to earth and dropped me off near Washington, where I then proceeded into this city to make the announcement. After I awakened from the vision, it seemed to vanish from my mind. However, on the morning of September the 19th, 1985, a great earthquake struck Mexico City, and it was felt as far away as Tepotzlan, the little town where I was staying. The earthquake brought the vision forcibly to my mind, and I spoke it later that morning for the first time to my wife, Khadija Muhammad, and to Sister Tainetta Muhammad in the city of Cuernavaca in Morales, Mexico. During the vision of 1985, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad did not tell me who the war was planned against or where the war would take place. But as events began to unfold from September to December of 1985 into January of 1986, it began to dawn on me slowly that that war might be against Muammar Gaddafi and the Libyan Jamahiriya, but I was not completely sure. In early February 1986, I was invited to participate in and be the spokesman at a press conference initiated by the Libyans in cooperation with Kwame Ture of the All-African People's Revolutionary Party and the representatives of approximately 15 groups of blacks, Native Americans, Hispanics, and whites, in essence, to say to the government of America, hands off Libya. While I was speaking at that press conference, the lights of the television cameras in the back of the room brought back the vision of the press conference that I was to hold in Washington, D.C., and I wondered to myself, could this be it? In February 1986, I embarked on a world tour. And while I was in Ghana, in West Africa, it crystallized for me that the war that President Reagan and the Joint Chiefs of Staff had planned was, in fact, against Muammar Gaddafi and the people of Libya. So I decided to alter my planned itinerary to go to Libya and to warn Muammar Gaddafi. I arrived in Libya and practically every member of the Libyan government met me in my suite with the exception of Muammar Gaddafi and his second-in-command, Jaloud. I spoke to them, and they went speedily away from my room. I expect they went to see Muammar Gaddafi. But from Tripoli, speaking before the representatives of approximately 80 nations, I repeated this vision publicly, sending back to the United States a warning to President Reagan and then-Secretary of State George Shultz. During the confrontation in the Gulf of Sidra between the United States Air Force and the Libyan Air Force, it was reported in the press that a bright orange object was seen 
over the Mediterranean. The wheel was in fact present and it interfered with the highly sensitive electronic equipment of the aircraft carrier that was in the Gulf of Sidra, forcing it to return to Florida for repair.